0: Good morning. <clears throat> uh, Tom made a great announcement, but he missed one thing. Uh, we will—I will have a Sunday school class this morning, and also uh, I think uh, Ace Sarich does. I don't know about Frank Rowland, but you know, some of us old people—they've decided to um, let us. You know, they've kind of archived us, or what's, what's the word? I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, they're going to let us go on. Yeah, they feel sorry for us. They figure we need it. Well, anyway, my name is Jim Ferguson, and I appreciate the opportunity to be with you this morning. And, uh, you know, today's Memorial Day, and I'm, I'm going to risk something. I, um, I thought maybe I would look back in my memory, and that's tough, but I'd look back in my memory and I try to remember some of the names of the veterans that we have that meant a lot to our church. And you know, when you name names, you always forget somebody. So if I forgot someone that's close to you, please forgive me. And if you let me know, I'll at the next service, I'll be sure and, and mention them. But my heart went to uh, probably one of my best friends, Fred Gilkey and then Jim Wilkins, and John Bages, and Billy Graham, Tom Ross, Bob Hutton, Owen Williams, Sam Larson, George Brungott, Sam Elder, Chuck Fowler, Ben Kiker, and who could forget Bob Powell? Well, those are just some of the names that I remember and uh, they were very precious, precious certainly to our church. You know, when I grew up, I don't know, they, they called it Decoration Day. Do any of you remember that? Anyway, that's Memorial Day. Well, we are going to read the scripture this morning and it comes for us out of chapter seven of the book of Matthew and it's verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Father, those are somber words. Help us, O oh God, this morning to unpack that passage that will give us hope, that will give us assurance, and that will show us of your love. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if all I had was the Sermon on the Mount, I'd probably be an Armenian. Um, My theology would totally change, but you know what? If all I had were those verses, I think I'd be afraid to go to bed tonight. I think I would live in absolute fear. Can you imagine? Lord, Lord, and he would look at you and say, I never knew you. That's bone-chilling. That's scary. And if I'm doing a good job of scaring you, praise God. Because it's something to be concerned about. It's one thing to live this life, but it's another thing to live eternity without him. You know, we're all eternal. It's just a question of whether we have eternal life or whether we have eternal death. The word death is just simply a word that means separation. You're either eternally in Christ or you're eternally separated from him. And interestingly enough, there's no in-between. Well, here's how I'd like to kind of tackle it. I'd like to say, what does it say? I'd like to, what does not say, excuse me, what it does not say, what it does say, And uh, what's it mean for us today? Now, I have a question for you. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, you, you all know the answer to that. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? But it leads well into our understanding of this passage of Scripture. Ironically, you can't understand the whole of Scripture YOU CAN'T UNDERSTAND THE WHOLE UNTIL YOU UNDERSTAND THE PARTS. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? YOU CAN'T UNDERSTAND THE PARTS UNTIL YOU UNDERSTAND THE WHOLE. SO WHICH CAME FIRST, THE WHOLE OR THE PARTS? WELL, THE BEST WE CAN DO, YOU KNOW, THEY GIVE YOU ALL OF A HALF HOUR, AND THE BEST WE CAN DO IN OUR HALF HOUR IS TO LOOK AT SOME OF THE PARTS, RIGHT? and apply those parts to the whole. And then we'll have a better understanding of what's here. Well, first of all, what it does not say. Well, praise the Lord. It does not say that we have to wait until we die to know our destiny. Because the whole of scripture teaches us that we can know now, in this life, our destiny. (laughs) To me, I don't know about you, but that's exciting. And it takes a lot of that fear that I had originally, takes it all off. You know, what is eternal life? Um, I looked at the dictionary at the word eternal best I could do was get the word everlasting. It has no end. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Now, supposing that you had eternal life today and you lost it tomorrow, isn't that an oxymoron? If you had eternal life today, could you possibly lose it tomorrow? Well, of course not. You didn't have it today. So the Bible says that if you have eternal life, you have it how long? Eternally. Now, I don't know about you, but that's exciting. And... um, we can have assurance that we can have it now, that we can know it now. I know this is kind of elementary, but if you'll bear with me, I've got some verses of scripture that I'd like to read you. And I'm gonna start in the Old Testament and I'm gonna read through the verses. And there are many, many, many more, trust me, but this is part of the parts to help us understand the whole. And it starts in the book of Job, chapter 19. As for me, excuse me, Job 19. For I know that my redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon earth. And after skin has been, this, this my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes will behold, and not another. And then Psalm 17:15, "As for me, I'll behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I'll be satisfied with your likeness." Two very important things there. "I'll behold your face in righteousness" means that something's going to happen to me that I'm going to be righteous. And that's because I'm going to be changed to be like him. And then the important thing there that's also is that I'll be in your likeness. When I awake, I'll be satisfied with your likeness. And your likeness means that I'm going to have a body like his body, which is eternal. Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him would have. Eternal life. John 3:36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they will never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Always interested me. My friends, the Armenians, used to say, ah, yes, I may be in his hand, but I can jump out. No. You see, I'm the thumb. I'm in him. I'm in him, and he's in me. Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I am sure... THAT NEITHER DEATH, NOR LIFE, NOR ANGELS, NOR RULERS, NOR THINGS PRESENT, NOR THINGS TO COME, NOR POWERS, NOR HEIGHT, NOR DEPTH, NOR ANYTHING ELSE IN ALL CREATION WILL BE ABLE TO SEPARATE US FROM THE LOVE OF GOD IN CHRIST JESUS OUR LORD. EPHESIANS 1, 13 AND 14. IN HIM YOU ALSO, WHEN YOU HEARD THE WORD OF TRUTH, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. 1 John 5.13. If I gave you none other ones, this one would be enough. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And then Jude, he caps it all with his benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all times, now, and forevermore. Isn't that wonderful? We have assurance. We can know, even now, that we belong to him. Now, what does it say? What does this passage says? We looked at what it doesn't say. Now look at what it does say. Well, it says that only the do, do the will of the God can be, it says only those who do the will of the Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what is the will of the Father that all believe? So pretty obviously, they never believed. If they believed, they would have done the will of the Father. You know, it's also interesting to me, and and I was interested that most of the commentators pointed this out too, that um, they had already been suffering sometime. And it's like as though they came out of this place of suffering and they said, Lord, Lord, we don't understand. We've done all of these things. And here we are suffering. And he says... I don't care how much you accomplished in my name i have a world to run i have all kinds of people that i use you notice i give some people great brains but they use them against me he says i never knew them now god knows everything he knows everyone He is everywhere there, any place could be, he's there. So, what does he mean when he says he doesn't know them? It means they don't belong to him. That's sobering. That's scary. They didn't belong to him. They're like Balaam or Balaam or Baalam and Judas. Let's look at Balaam. Numbers chapter 22. Long come Balak, and he says, I got this bag of gold. How would you like to have it? <laughs> Balak took one look at that, or Balaam took one look at that bag of gold and said, I want it. Man, do I want it. God, let me curse the Israelites. Now, you remember the story. You probably remember the story because a donkey talk to him but anyway three times he tried to curse the Israelites and three times God made it a blessing and then he thought to himself there ought to be a way that I can get some of that I mean this guy's foolish enough to give it to me there ought to be a way I could get some of it he says I know what I'll do So, he went to Balak. He says, hey, Balak, you know, these Moabite women, they are beautiful. I'll tell you what you do. You take these beautiful Moabite women, you take them down, and and you have them get close to the Israelis, and then let nature take its course. Let me read to you, Revelation chapter two, verse 14. But I have a few things against you. You have some who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice immortality, immorality. You see, he did great things for the Lord. How many of us have the experience of talking to God? He did. And God spoke directly to him, gave him his words. But God never knew him. And then then we come To the New Testament, and we come to a guy by the name of Judas. You wonder, all the things that Judas must have done? In chapter 10, the Lord says this. These 12, who are the 12? Well, they're mentioned in the first part of that chapter. And the last one is Judas Iscariot. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, Go there or go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now listen to this. Heal the sick raise the dead cleanse lepers cast out demons you received without any without paying give without pay remember what he said lord lord didn't we cast out demons in your name didn't we do all these wonderful things IN YOUR NAME? BUT JESUS NEVER KNEW THEM. AND JUDAS ISCARIOT WAS LOST. WELL, WE'VE LOOKED AT SOME OF THE THINGS THAT IT DID NOT SAY. WE'VE LOOKED AT SOMETHING THAT IT DOES SAY. Now, what does it mean for us today? What can we glean from it that will help us in our walk with the Lord? You know, the reason why I say the whole Bible is important to know is because, you know, you think, well, Paul, most of us rely an awful lot upon Paul's epistles, which more than likely came before the, uh, many of them came before the gospels. And that was probably the only scripture we had. And how do we know that Paul was even accepted? Well, you remember uh, when Paul went back to Jerusalem and he met with the pillars of the church, James and John, and uh, I'm not talking about James's, John's brother, I'm talking about James, the Lord's brother. And Peter he met with them they listened to what he was preaching and they said boy that's great Paul go do it and uh, the only one thing we ask Paul is that you remember the poor and you remember Paul said that was the very thing that I wanted to do so you see the, the Bible is accepted from the Old Testament to the New Testament because it's got one message And that message is that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming in the Old Testament, has come in the New Testament. So when we look at that, we realize that if we find something that would help us, even in the letters of Paul, well, we should grab it. So Philippians 2, 12, 13, therefore my beloved, as you always have obeyed, so now as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Wow, that's not that scary? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How do you do that? Well, you see, that's why we have verses like Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. That's why we have the whole book of Matthew, for that matter. To give us a clue as to how we might work out our own salvation, certainly with fear and trembling. Now, here's the best part. I didn't read all that verse. 13, it says, for it is God who is in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. How are you going to do it? Well, you're going to rely on God. And God's given us something. He's given us something very important that we can use to help us understand whether or not we truly belong to him. It's called the means of grace. The reading of God's word. The worship of God's people. The prayers of God's people. Communion. Baptism, all part of the means of grace that we can use so that we have a better understanding of what our salvation is. Now, if you belong to him, you have something else that's very precious. You have your own history. You can look back. You can look back and you can say, this is who I was. This is who I am today. My heart goes out to you if you can't see any difference. My heart goes out to you if you can't tell. God is working in your life. You know what he says in Romans? He says, you have have an internal understanding of who I am. His spirit communes with our spirit, whereby... We cry, Abba, Father. So you have that awareness inside of you. And certainly, if you've been a Christian any period of time, there are many, many times when you've been convicted of sin and praise God that you are convicted of sin because that's one of the most sure possibilities that you have, that you belong to him, that you're his because you can't sin with impunity. You can't sin and go on sinning and ever have known God. That's what he says. Not only do you have an internal confidence, but you have an external confidence as well. And what's that external confidence? Well, it's this. Do you spend time in it? What a shame if you don't. How can you be sure that you know him? You know, (laughs) whenever I got a a letter from uh, my wife, I would read it and reread it and reread it. Why? Because I loved that woman. Well, this is my letter from someone who loves me even more than Donna. How could I possibly say I love him and have no time for his word? Or prayer. You know, prayer is one of the most difficult things that we can do. I'm convinced it's hard. But this is how God speaks to me Prayer is how I speak to God. So those are the ways that we can know. So examine yourself. And if you aren't sure, we have elders in this church who are more than willing to take time and help you understand what salvation is all about. Would you pray with me? Our Father, this is a very solemn service. We're looking at some of the most important things that could ever be our eternal destiny. May we never take that lightly. May we trust wholly and completely in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.